Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, this is Anita Powell and this is Black Menopause and Beyond. I've been away for some time. Um, I haven't done a podcast at all for the whole of 2023. So I do apologise to all you listeners out there. I've had quite an eventful past few months and I have decided not to do a podcast. It was quite emotional for me and I will go a bit into it um, in a moment. But I thought what I would do is first of all re-describe who I am, just in case you've never heard of me or know anything about me. So my name's Anita Powell. I am the podcast, the host of the podcast. The podcast normally does about one podcast a month, but I'm, I'm and I normally do an interview, but I'm trying to increase it more and also do thoughts and opinions and, and things that I experience because I do a lot of stuff around menopause, loads of stuff around menopause. So first of all, I'm a commute I'm a lead community engagement advocate for a charity. And my charity that I work for has kindly agreed to include menopause as part of our delivery. So I also run a menopause face-to-face peer support group, which is connected to a menopause group I started in 2019. So that's quite some time ago many many moons ago so it's been nearly four years since i've been exploring the topic of the menopause and i'm also co-founder of a black women in menopause peer support group that's an online group that meets once every two months and we bring a professional into the zoom space to talk about health issues which can have an impact on your menopause or just a bit of education around menopause. And we do this, but it's, it's free. What we do is free. And the aim of it really is to help black women engage in the topic of their own health and their menopause and also give them access to professionals that they either cannot get access to, the National Health Service, or may not necessarily you know, just pick up the phone and call somebody. So they're quite beneficial and it does help a lot of women. I know a lot of women have left the Zooms not only more informed, they feel more confident to pursue health kind of decisions based on some of the things that have been spoken about in our Zoom sessions. So it's been really, really, really beneficial. But it's been beneficial for me, to be honest with you. So um, so I cover peer support face-to-face within the town that I live in and the group that I work um, with is multicultural and it's part of my job delivery now so I part of my week to week I include organizing stuff around um, menopause face-to-face I do the online support which is once every two months with Nina lovely Nina she's the founder of the menopause group and you can find 
Black Women in Menopause. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. So we're everywhere. And if you want to find out about our online stuff, just follow our social media and you'll be kept up to date with all the things that we're doing. And we've had some really amazing speakers. So we've, we had, over the past few months, we've had contraception and menopause. And that was really interesting. Um, I didn't know that. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Loads of people either experience sexually transmitted diseases or fall pregnant um, in later years because they just don't feel that contraception is something they need to bother with. So even though you're less likely to fall pregnant because you're menopausal, if your behaviour is, I suppose, to use the blunt word, slap, and you're less likely to use it, you can actually find yourself late 40s, 50s, pregnant, and you weren't expecting to be so. Um, as well as the contraception... Um, discussion which could avoid um, diseases and stuff which is also quite high as well within um, older people you know issues around sexual transmitted diseases even though apparently we've got more common sense apparently (laughs) but more lived experience definitely Uh, and I presume it's complacency I I presume it's um, coming out of a long-term relationship and not using anything for so long and then you have an exciting night of lust um, and you just don't have anything to hand it, it could be the idea that you don't need anything because hormonally have changed but that doesn't really address um, STIs does it um, yeah so I, so apparently it's an issue with older the older community there's an increase in STIs and also unfortunately there's a higher increase within the black community for STIs in older years. And I, I think it's a combination of complacency um, and, you know, coming out of a, um, a relationship where you just haven't had to use one for so long that it's either you don't have it to hand or it just doesn't feel so pleasurable or comfortable. So we had that was an interesting talk. We also had a lovely woman talk about diabetes. And that was really good because I'm pre-diabetic. So it was quite relevant to me to hear about some information and facts, which is relevant to menopause. Menopause 
um, and diabetes is clearly separate. But as you go into menopausal years, it, it has an impact on um, your hormone changes, as we know. And these hormone changes can make you more vulnerable to diabetes, as well as lifestyle changes as you get older. So it's a really important topic for older people to have, to discuss avoiding diabetes, and also how to manage diabetes, and just have the discussion, be more informed. Because I've learned loads of stuff around diabetes since I became pre-diabetic. So it's um, I found it really beneficial and useful for me. And I'm working, um, coming out of the pre-diabetic stage. So we've had, we've had, oh, we've also had all kinds of speakers around hair. We've had speakers talk about work. I've had loads. We've got a speaker that's due to happen next week about mindfulness. So yeah, get in contact with our social media. Follow us like our page do all the things you do to social media and you'll be kept up to date with all the stuff that we're doing on uh, black women in menopause and yeah so that's black women in menopause i also do a bit of activism and i do like talks and interviews about menopause i openly put my hands up i don't really talk about the medical side of menopause it's just not my job and as an activist i want women to have good medical care and i'm not a doctor so i don't give out any medical care really because it wouldn't be good <laughs> i haven't got a doctor's degree or anything so I, I don't i don't pretend to be something that i'm not i don't tell you how to um, fix menopause however i talk about the discussion of engagement and i talk about how to signpost i do know some bits around the menopause because i have to signpost not only as part of my job but also part of the menopause discussion so I need to help. I need to know enough information to say to this person, mm, I think you need to go back to your GP and I think you need to um, get a second opinion or I, or if you want to speak to a nutritionist, maybe try that out or maybe here's this web page, look at this, uh, you know, talk to this person, do this, do that. You know, and, and so that's what I know around menopause. But I also know about the barriers to the conversation about menopause through the work that I do and, you know, what I see. So that's a bit about me um, and my background in the conversation of menopause. And it will be reflected in what I talk about within the podcast. So you're not gonna, I'm not going to fix anything. And I'm going to have, it's going to be a mixture of talking points where I just talk about my experience and the, the information that I've gathered and uh, the conversations I've had with people. And I'll just talk about it as a talking point um, and when I can I'll interview different people who I've come across who were able to give some advice, lived experience, um, educate um, us and it'd be, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I do um, within my podcast. So it's a mixture of things and it's something that I do in addition to my menopause work. So I know a lot of podcasters out there that's all they do. They they just podcast. Yeah. Whereas actually I do a, a facilitator of space around podcasting as well as an activist and a community worker. I support and engage all ethnicities, but I understand as part of my work and face-to-face 
menopause work, but I have an understanding of the barriers for diverse communities. And so I incorporate dealing with the, the barriers in part of my delivery. And it's something I'm quite passionate about, not only because I'm a black woman, but I'm, I'm really passionate about black health and how we need to engage in our own narrative because when you're black, you're not the default. And if you listen to my other previous podcast, we're not the default. You know, we're, we're the other, we're the any other business. Yeah. And sometimes when you're the other, any other business, or you're just not included as disclosure, as part of talking about a topic, it can have an impact on the medical experience of black people because it can affect the quality of service you receive because of the staff who are providing you with professional health care may not be aware that there are differences that they need to incorporate when they are talking health with a person who's black. And sometimes there's biases in the room from the, the, the health deliverer. Sometimes, you know, there's all kinds of different reasons out there uh, that can have a negative impact on the health experience of people of colour. And I think that it's not a racist thing, it's just understanding that when you're never the default, you potentially can miss out on opportunities that, that can provide you with optimum education, optimum healthcare. And these um, situations could then lead to incorrect diagnosis, poor engagement with, with regards to the health topic, um, uncomfortableness, bias, racism, disengagement, uh, a mistrust, which there is a lot of mistrust with regards to the medical field and therefore greater reliance on alternative medicine. Uh, and sometimes alternative medicine is good and sometimes it's not. It depends on who is delivering the alternative medicine. So that's a bit about me. I'm going to have a bit of a break and I'm going to come back with a talking point. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So the first talking point, I'm going to... Um I suppose it doing a bit of extension of why or how I fell into the topic of menopause. I know I gave a bit of a background on what I do, but actually I don't very often talk about my experience of menopause and yeah, I, I, don't, I just don't really. And as a community worker, you generally don't talk about your health concerns. As part of my job, you're supposed to focus on the needs of the people who you, your client base, and you're not supposed to really disclose your personal struggles because or because you provide support for other people doesn't mean that you don't need support that's how the profession works there's a presumption that whether you need support or not in your own personal life you're supposed to really just be in the room for your client base so i naturally really i just kind of professionally don't really talk about my menopause experience very often or even really why i came into the topic or the area or field or profession professional whatever of menopause from a engagement perspective now in 2019 um i started an online menopause group in the town that i lived in and the reason why i started it was because i'm quite nosy my friend my peer group had started to talk about the menopause i noticed that the conversation around the menopause definitely definitely um was entering into the dialogue and conversations in my peer groups were changing full stop it was no longer about having kids, you know, and taking kids. For me personally, it wasn't about taking kids to lower school, and it just the conversation was just changed. Uh, it it started to change to talking about more health concerns, aches, pains, sleeplessness, moodiness, anxiety, um, you know, your menstrual system changing, achy joints, hair um, changing, skin changing, and it just all change, and. Um, 2019 I went to a TED talk I won the TED talk speakers fertility expert and one of the things she spoke about was how it how important it is to know when your mother and grandmother enter into your menopause because it gives you an indicator of your um, menstrual end of life I suppose uh, and that's very relevant to menopause now the average woman in this country goes into menopause age 51 the average black woman according to research goes into menopause around 49 i think there's a different statistic for asian women as well and what can i say uh, with the stats i'm i i read the stats and i think the stats are really relevant around research around black women and whatever but i'm never satisfied because i feel that the world forgets that there are actually more black women and brown women in the world and the research done on black women and brown women compared to white women isn't much so and also it it doesn't do in my opinion enough research incorporating social experiences the nurture element because 
I know with, with loads of health conditions, your nurture space, the space that you live in, can have a negative impact on your health. Um, so I don't know if the menopause uh, that arrives earlier for brown and black women than Caucasian women, if it's a biological thing or if it's something due to the space they're in. Because I, I do personally feel that black women and Asian women, um, some of their life experiences are hard. They physically, I feel, have a physically harder um, day-to-day life sometimes uh, because of a combination of sexism, cultural differences. You know, if you live in a third or further developing country, um, it could be harder. Even within England, um, you know, uh, within black women there's high levels of poverty you know black women are more likely to, to live in um, um, bad housing black women are more likely to have negative experiences all around within the health sector so there are loads of social issues that has an impact on the quality of your health care and I don't know the stats around black menopause or brown menopause compared to white menopause is based on nature or nurture and I think it's due to lack of research and because we sometimes seem to forget that actually the dominant colours of the world are actually brown and black. I know we live in England uh, but actually if you find that all the research all over the world even if you go to other countries they generally focus not on black and brown they focus on where the money is and the money unfortunately It's not equally distributed within the world and money with regards to healthcare and science uh, has a heavy um, place within the Western world, Europe um, in Cauc- and in Caucasian spaces and therefore black people and brown people are very often missed off with regards to efficient, effective research, support and care around their health because of money. But anyway get back to it Anita so I am 49 years young 50 this year and I'm plus size I'm a big girl and because of my size and my BMI I'm constantly refused HRT constantly I've asked for HRT so many times and I'm told I can't have it even though I might I've I've I might be guessing it soon but I will keep you updated um but yeah, so on the National Health Service, they just, I've tried and tried and they won't give it to me. I do take Vagifem, which is a tablet which goes in the vagina area to help me with some of my symptoms. But that's it, I don't have, um, I'm not, I'm just refused HRT. I suffer with tightness, sleep issues, I've got sleep apnea which I suffer with. I also am pre-diabetic. Um, and yeah, so I suffer with quite a few things. Tiredness. Uh, my hair has, is a lot thinner than it used to be. I struggle with the iron thing. I don't know. I don't really understand the relationship with whether iron, because um, I know loads of menopausal women have iron issues. So it could be it's the menstrual, menstrual issue that causes my iron to be so depleted. Or it's a connection to menopause, but I I just don't get a straight answer. And this is one of the issues, isn't it, around GPs not necessarily being fully trained around menopause is my issue with iron, um, a direct or indirect 
connection to menopause because I've met so many women, older women, who are on iron tablets. There's so many. I don't, I don't remember meeting loads of women on iron tablets when I was in my 30s or 20s. Um, and I, I actually suspect that women, when we're older, we actually, nutritionally wise, probably eat better than a 20 year old who goes out clubbing all the time and eats, and eats McDonald's. <laughs> so, uh, so I can imagine there's more iron depletion or iron issues in older women, but I do know loads of women on iron um, tablets. Um, so that's me with regards to my health. Um, and I struggle. I'm, I'm, I'm not the type of person I have solved my menopause issues and therefore I'm here to advise. I, I really am still going through my own struggle. One of the reasons why I do menopause stuff was when I started in 2019, there was nothing for me. Um, and as a community worker, I was working with older women and there was nothing for them. But every single woman I spoke to, they had a story. And I felt that it was important, actually, that we get together as women to discuss the menopause. Not, not only to fight for what we should get, which is proper, basic healthcare discussion around the menopause, I felt it was also important that we as women share our knowledge. Because the thing is that everyone's experience is different and they all have different GPs and you know, some people are more reliant on natural medication, some people are not. So I found that actually getting women together to talk about menopause was actually educationally empowering and also it was good to, to help deal with anxiety, stress. It can also help um, alleviate any anxiety. Just, you know, just talk to someone. Uh, and it created a, a, a sisterhood. Women getting together, talking about things which are considered to be a taboo in a space where it's safe. So that's... Um, what I did there. I was part of what I, what I did. I discovered that because I do my, my peer group in Bedford, because it supports all ethnicities and as part of my work and as part of who I am, I interact with different communities around different health issues or, or community issues. I started to realize really and I'm, I'm going to be honest with you maybe it was a bit of my naivety i didn't realize how different certain narratives were around women i've got friends of all different ethnicities and all different colors but i'm i'm joined together with them because we have something in common so and i realize when you have friendships when you have bonds you do enter into your own social echo chamber so you're in a space where everyone in that space views things very similar to you, behave very similar to you, have similar beliefs with regards to you know, loads of things, life, life experiences and politics and stuff like that. So you do enter into your own echo chamber. And talk, when I was doing menopause, for me, it was a conversation of women. It brought together women because all women in 2019, I thought were being ignored and we are all ignored but there's different levels of being ignored and that's what I really discovered and the conversation around menopause has dramatically dramatically um, has grown in the past four years wow it's grown and it's developed um, a lot I think it's developed a lot in certain areas 
um, more than in others. And as a person of colour, the conversation around menopause and menstrual health is definitely accelerating a lot slower within black and brown spaces. Because I do talk to a lot of Asian women and um, it definitely has improved and safe spaces have appeared. But the, the conversation of menopause has definitely been dominated by, I'm going to be blunt, middle class white women who predominantly are university educated and the reason why i say middle class and university educated i find that the space doesn't really have many white working class women um and it does seem to have a feel of a kind of a modern day suffragette feminist feel to it um i don't know how i feel about it because i've been in the space for uh, four years um and four years ago there just weren't many people talking about it at all um and i have i'm going to be honest with you i have sometimes felt that in certain spaces people feel that i shouldn't be talking about it not because menopause is, is a taboo it's because i'm not the i'm not an act i don't look like what an activist should look like on this particular topic or i'm just not good enough i don't I, I don't know what's in their head so i don't really know so i have felt personally an element of class and race backlash in the activist world i'm fine with it now it, it doesn't really happen so much now because i appreciate the fact that i have had a few allies who have supported and championed me and because of that it's given me um, a point of um standing where women who were like that just don't really go there with me really anymore they keep away um because i've, I've been supported by people who wouldn't who value me and who have who have a lot of power and influence in the menopause space and i really appreciate what they've done with regards to my status and um, i really feel quite privileged in the fact that I have a voice around menopause um, and I've been given that voice and I feel I feel I'm quite authentic I as I said I don't try and fix anyone's menopause it's not my job my job is to try and help women access the best menopause care that they can get within the area um, and just to facilitate facilitate that conversation I think that's really really important and anyway getting back to what I was saying I did drift off again um, I noticed within the menopause space that there were so many divisions around class, race, beliefs. Some people believe that menopause is something that you deal with naturally. And there is there's definitely a strong argument for that. Natural healthcare, getting back to basics, um, solid health foundation, you know, uh, with regards to health, definitely I can see makes a major difference. And it's something for me who's struggling with my health it's something that i'm learning it's something that i'm incorporating in what i do and i'm really lucky with regards to my face-to-face -face peer group because we're all in it together so i facilitate a space it's not it's not powerpoint led it's not me talking down to my my group it's not me telling them you know how much weight have you lost this week who's at quinoa you know it's none of that it's literally we go in and we talk about our experiences 
and I facilitate the conversation. But my group also all know that I don't have any answers. All I know is about signposting and about the fact that we need to talk. So they, and they appreciate that and they understand it, that that safe space um, where they can talk collectively, um, they find really beneficial because hardly anyone in the group leaves. Yes, and they all know each other and they socialize sometimes with each other and they, you know, they support each other and they do care for each other a lot. So that's my group. Um, and that's also why I came into um, Black Women and Menopause because I found that in 2019, there was, there was hardly anyone of color talking about menopause. And even though my menopause stuff was led by me, a woman of color, um, no one, hardly anyone of colour came into the space. Um, it wasn't enough for me as a woman of colour to attract other women of colour um, to attend. It just didn't really happen that much. So I realised that um, providing additional support and also providing support for me as a woman of colour, you know, working with Nina and black women of menopause was, was educating me with regards to my personal health care but also I was in a space in a space where where other women like me could get the information that they needed so I'm going to give you a break imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Come back soon. So one of the one of the reasons why I have not been around for some time is um this is quite well, it's not quite emotional. I think I'm quite okay now. I hadn't done a podcast since, ooh, some time, um, end of last year, uh, because over Christmas, I, I can't believe it, I noticed that I'd had a mark on my, on my foot, and 
It was a weird bark. It just appeared from nowhere. And I, I don't know about you. I'm one of those people that when I see an issue, I don't always health issue. I I'm, I don't like to go to a doctor. I just feel sometimes I'm always sick. <laughs> and I just, I just don't like going to doctors all the time. I really don't like going to the doctors. I really don't. So anyway, I just watched the mark. I was hoping it would disappear. I watched it and watched it and watched it and forgot about it for a bit and then I remembered it and forgot about it for a bit and then I remembered it. And it was there over a month and I didn't do anything about it. And then my son saw it and he was really worried. So I called up the doctor, tried to get an appointment, which is really hard to get a doctor's appointment. I remember the day you can call the doctor up at um, 8 o'clock in the morning and, you know, if you're lucky, you had an appointment at 11 um but now you know call a doctor up um and you could potentially be weeks or you could spend the whole day in a um doctor hoping to get an appointment so it's very much changed and i went to see one gp gp looked at my foot and straight away said that looks like toma melanoma which is skin cancer and i was like oh Oh, skin cancer. And the thing is that when I was looking at it on and off, I googled it and it did also come up with skin cancer. And I thought, no, it's not skin cancer. Because besides skin cancer, it says it's more likely to happen with people with blue or green eyes, blonde or red hair, and fair skinned. I think so, it can't be. I don't know, me as a black person. Black people don't get skin cancer, blue or, or green eyes, and I don't have blonde or red hair and I definitely don't have fair skin so it's just a bruise or something it's nothing special and I just left it and left it eventually go I probably kicked something I didn't realize it so I just let it go and I let it go and let it go um and every time I was searched was searched a mark something came up it looked identical to what I had on my foot and it always said skin cancer and it always said blue eyes blonde hair and fair skinned so <laughs> it helped me ignore that's what it helped me do and my son when he saw it it was a bit shocked kind of gave me the kick i needed to go to the doctor really went to the doctor doctor looked at it straight away melatoma melanoma sorry melanoma and got a second gp in looked at it melanoma um and yeah, so then I had to go through to go and get a biopsy and everything and whatever. And um, and after, uh, well, a few weeks ago, it was told that it was non-cancerous. So, um, and I've always had to struggle because it was at the sole of my foot. So they literally took out this massive mark on my foot, which which looked with something which looks like an ice cream scooper. And I've, I was on crutches and walking sticks and a time of work i couldn't do anything um for ages because i couldn't put any weight on my foot and it was just a bit awkward i couldn't do anything really i couldn't go out for a walk couldn't do shopping housework it was just really really hard and it, it, you know i had that i was suffering for about four to about five weeks um anyway so it's not cancerous and it's fine and i'm kind of catching up on myself because the whole experience literally two, two months of hyper stress. The whole thing was over two months of hyper stress. And I'm fine now. Um, and that's also contributed to me not doing a podcast. This um, 
menopause struggle that I've had. But the reason why I'm also talking about it, not only to explain why I haven't been here, but also it gave me an understanding why it's so important that um, menopause needs to be focused on, um, the conversation on menopause needs to be focused on black health. The word black and health has to be added where the, um, to when we talk about menopause. Because when I was looking up um, the stuff to do with the mark of my foot, loads of stuff came up and it all kind of said blue and green eyes, blonde hair and um, fair skin. And it did kind of help me ignore the conversation. Uh, once you put in black skin and you know mark on your foot Melat melanoma does come up a melanoma called acral a-c-r-a-l comes up and that particular melanoma is something that predominantly people of dark skin suffer and they suffer it they suffer melanoma on the palms of their hands and feet and under their toenails and fingernails and it's the cancer that killed Bob Marley in 1981 and he died aged 36 and his mark appeared under his nail in his foot and he presumed it was a football bruise when he kicked the ball or whatever and he kind of ignored it and he died four years after it had appeared and it was curable I mean I've got from what I've read he did go to someone and they gave him the option to have his foot cut off or to have the skin cut off where the melanoma was under his toe. Once he was treated, he chose to have the skin cut off. If he'd chosen to have his foot cut off, he probably would be around now. So his life would have been extended if he would had been more radical in dealing with it. But I think that was later stage. He kind of dismissed it for such a long time, and then when he actually tried to deal with it, it it was just too late to deal with it in that way. So when I did some research around melanoma for black skin on black people, sorry, different information came up. So that particular melanoma is inherited. Melanoma in white skin is predominantly skin damage, so it's avoidable. But for black people, it's inherited. Even though UV rays can aggravate it, it comes to us as part of our DNA makeup, which is very different. Uh, when I did some research about it, if you do get it as a black person, you're more likely to die from it because black people, like I said earlier, when they see things around skin cancer, we don't really take it that serious because we've got melanin to protect us against the sun. Why would we? So it looks like from the information I saw, we're more likely to die of that particular skin cancer compared to other skin cancers purely because we respond later or we're, well, we're not taken serious as well. So it's not just about us responding. We're not taken serious because I presume, you know, it's a black person. We don't get skin cancer. Um, you know, that's a misbelief or incorrect belief, I should say. Um, but also, if a professional doesn't know about the black version or the dark skin version of, of melatoma, um, they wouldn't necessarily diagnose it, would they? So that's why I'm talking about it. Not only 
you know, as I said, it's also the importance of understanding that we need to engage with black health. The word black has to be added because our outcomes and the impact it has on us and for some black people, not all, social inequality yeah, can affect the outcomes and the impact and our whole experience around our health. So you have to add black when it comes to your health as a narrative because it's killing us to, to not focus and make our own health de- default. Some people are dying because of it. And I feel it's really important. Um, yeah, that's, that's it, really. That's what I have to say. Now, for this podcast, I'm going to end it. It's been absolutely lovely talking to you. Uh, I hope I haven't bored you. <laughs> if you want to find out a bit more about me, you can follow Black uh, Menopause and Beyond social media. So I'm on Instagram. Um, I'm on Facebook, even though I don't use my Facebook page enough. And I'm on Twitter. Okay, and this is Anita Powell, and I'm out of here. And also follow, um, follow me wherever you listen to your podcast, and you'll be able to get my next one. Because we're excited. <laughs> um, so have an absolutely fabulous day. See you soon.